welcome to Talking About Pigs with SMEC, a podcast where individuals from the Swine Medicine Education Center discuss swine health topics over coffee and answer producer-related questions. My name is Dr. Meredith Peterson. I'll be your host today. I'm a postdoc and veterinarian with SMEC, and I'm excited to be here and have Dr. Justin Brown join me. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I think this is my third time doing the podcast with you. So for those of you that hadn't heard me before, um, Dr. Justin Brown, I'm an assistant teaching professor here at Iowa State with uh, VDPAM and the Swan Medicine Education Center. Awesome. If you're a first-time listener, just a little overview on the podcast. This is producer-focused, so every episode we focus on a different producer-submitted question, um, and we try to answer that question. So the format of the podcast changes a little bit depending on the question uh, to make sure that we, we do a good job of fully covering the topic that you submit. With that being said, all topics are generated from producer questions that are submitted to us. If you have a question that you'd like featured on an episode, please send it to us at isusmec at iastate.edu. That's I-S-U-S-M-E-C at I-A-State, S-T-A-T-E dot E-D-U. Please put SMEC podcast question in the title of your email to ensure that we receive it. And then we'll gather resources, connect the dots on your, on your question, um, and bring it back to you and, and give you information that you can take back to your farm today and use um, to answer your question. Most of the resources that we refer to in the podcast will be found in the podcast notes. If you have any trouble accessing those, feel free to shoot us an email as well. So with that, we'll jump into today's topic. As a producer, you hear a lot about biosecurity to prepare for a foreign animal disease outbreak. So the question of today is, is there anything outside of biosecurity that I can do to prepare for ASF? This producer has heard of the Certified Swine Sample Collector Program and wants to know more about what it entails. Dr. Brown actually has has been a part of this program from the start, and that's why we We have him on today, and this podcast will be a little bit more question and answer with him since he knows all the details of the program um, and has has trained a lot of samplers already as well. The first question is kind of what is the CSSC program and and how did it come about? So give you a little background to start. So back in 2018, when China broke with ASF, everybody's flags kind of went up, right? It's when is ASF going to get here? How are we going to prepare? So In response to that, the USDA held some drills to test the industry's readiness um, and state animal health official readiness to respond in the event of an ASF outbreak. And one gap that we identified in those drills was the number of personnel that were trained to collect samples, to submit to a diagnostic lab, to help us diagnose uh, African swine fever. There's just not enough individuals trained to get out and sample all the pigs that would need to be sampled in that given time frame. And so a group here at Iowa State with some collaborators, so us at the Swine Medicine Education Center, the Center for Food Security and Public Health here at Iowa State, National Pork Board, the American Association of Swine Veterinarians, and the Multi-State Partnership for Security and Agriculture put together a grant proposal for NAD prep or Farm Bill funding Uh, to help answer that gap. We wanted to build resources and a training program to help improve the personnel capacity and help with our response in the event that ASF does get here. And that's kind of how the CSSC program was born. Through that funding, we've developed this training program and these resources where producers, production staff, anyone who works in, in or with pigs can get trained to collect samples 
for a veterinarian, their veterinarian, or the um, state veterinarian in the state that they're in, and collect those samples, submit them to the diagnostic lab to help in that response to ASF. Awesome. So you mentioned, you know, anyone working with pigs can be trained. Is there any kind of background training needed, PQA, that kind of stuff, um, in order to be a certified swine sampler? Yeah, good question. So, uh, no, no other training is necessary. Um, ideally, you'd have some pig experience, but it's, that's not even a necessity either. We can bring you in and train you. A group of individuals was brought together to form a program standards working group that consisted of state animal health officials, a representative from everyone on the initial grant for the development of the project, other swine veterinarians from all over the country to get their feedback as we developed the program. Because we wanted their feedback on the front end too, right? To say, hey, we're on board with this. It's a good program. We think we need it. Instead of us building it in a silo and then rolling it out and it not being able to be accomplished by anyone. So we've been getting feedback all along the way, along the um, resource development and the program standards. To be trained, um, you just have to be approved by a Category 2 accredited veterinarian. For swine, most of your swine veterinarians are going to be Category 2 accredited. So if you're interested in being trained, reach out to your veterinarian. They can approve you to go through the training. They can administer the training for you, potentially. That will vary by state with what qualifies them to be able to do the training. But there's no PQA certification, right? If you don't have a PQA certification and you do get certified as a CSSC, uh, it's highly encouraged if you are called upon to go and sample that you're accompanied by someone with PQA or at least somebody that is familiar with biosecurity practices and animal handling on the farm. And that program's a great thing to be certified in either way. Yeah, um, exactly. Just curious what that background training is needed. The next kind of question or component um, I'm interested in is how is this training structured? Um, what does it look like? How much time does it take? What can producers expect when they are involved in a training? Absolutely. So there's two portions to the training. There's a, a classroom portion of the curriculum, and then there's a hands-on portion, and both have to be completed before you can get certified. There's no prescripted way of how that training has to be administered. So on the trainings that I've done, you can train a group of individuals in a day. That would start with the in-classroom portion in the morning. You'd come in and go through all of the training resources and materials that are available, which we can dive into that in a little more detail. But you would go through all of the handouts and videos that are developed for the resources. Then at the end of that, you take a 25-question multiple-choice exam, very similar to how PQA is structured, right? Three attempts to take that exam have to make an 80 to pass. And then once you pass that multiple choice exam, uh, you can then move on to the hands-on portion where you go out with your veterinarian that's training you and you demonstrate that you can effectively collect those samples, package those, and get those shipped to a diagnostic laboratory. And then once they sign off on that, you're certified and your certification uh, lasts for one year. Can you go into a little more detail on the different tiers you can be trained to? So there's two tiers to the training, tier one and tier two. And so within those trainings are the different sample types that you would be trained to. You can be trained to tier one, which would include blood collection, oral fluids, oral swabs, nasal swabs, and processing fluids would be the other two in tier one um, that we currently have there. Or you could be trained to tier two, 
which would be the tier one sample types plus how to do a necropsy, how to collect spleen, tonsil, lymph nodes, uh, and spleen swabs, and then also vesicular fluids. Um, there's also an optional training on tracheal swabs, but you don't have to be trained to that one. Uh, but if it's a sample type that you might need to frequently collect um, for your veterinarian and they want to train you to that sample, that's available for you as well. So again, you can be trained to tier one or tier two, which is the tier one and the tier two sample types. Perfect. And all of those, those resources, um, the training materials, they're publicly available, right? Yep, for sure. So they're all housed on the SecurePort website, uh, and we can include this in the notes for the podcast as well. So if you go to secureport.org slash CSSC, that'll take you directly to the training page. On that page are uh, different buttons to all the different resources that have been developed, um, as well as the three foreign animal disease videos that are required for the training biosecurity, restraint, and shipping resources that are also required. And so you can go on at any point and look at those and should probably mention for each resource, there's a one page PDF handout that is available uh, and made. You can print those off, keep them on farm so that you have them readily available. And then there's also uh, on average, probably a two to three minute video to accompany each resource. So you have the one page handout with what supplies you need, what um, steps you need to take to collect that sample and some illustrations on that and then a video demonstrating how to collect that technique. So if you go through the training and then it's been nine or ten months since you've done that and haven't collected that sample type, you can always use that as a refresher. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing to point out that those are super easy to access because if you do the training and collect the samples on one day, if you're not doing that routinely, you might need a refresher um, when you do need to collect those samples. And I think another thing to note on this, so um, the question for today was targeted for ASF and, and for foreign animal disease preparedness, but I think that this program provides a lot of value kind of in non-emergency situations sure. as well. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of diagnostics that are sent in are not collected by a veterinarian. They're collected by a producer or production staff. And this training program can really make sure that you know what you're collecting um, and you're taking the right samples for the diagnostic lab, as well as has some good information about how to package and submit those samples too. So yep. something that you can see direct immediate benefit from, which is not always the case in foreign animal disease preparedness. Yep, absolutely, right? So folks that go through this training can be, be an asset for their veterinarian, right, at that point. They can say, hey, can you collect these samples for me? Yep, I've got the training materials. We've gone through that. I can get that done. So how can a producer um, find a training, get trained, who should they talk to if they're interested in this? Yeah, for sure. So if they're interested in the training, first person they should talk to would be the, their veterinarian to see if they would like to train them. If their veterinarian um, isn't doing the trainings, uh, a veterinarian can request that another individual perform that training. So we here at SMEC, we offer um, those trainings up at certain times throughout the year. So you could reach out to us potentially to get certified as well. Um, also on the website, if you're in Iowa or really whatever state you're in, there's a state animal health official contact list for who manages this certification program in each state. So they could look up their contact information there 
uh, and reach out to those individuals about potential trainings or who to contact to um, perform the trainings. Awesome. One last question. How often, once a producer is trained, how often do they need to be recertified? Yeah, so currently um, the Program Standards Working Group set that at an annual recertification. Really the main goal of that is the program was still in development, right? We're still working on additional sampling resources that are going to be included. If an individual goes through the certification and new content gets added, they need to go back through that training program again when their recertification comes up. There's a 30-day window um, around their recertification date, so they have a little buffer area. Um, it, if they get to the day that they got certified, they don't lose it that day. They've got a month to get recertified. Probably in the future, that will probably get extended, but currently at uh, annual recertification. Well, thank you so much for um, kind of talking through the details of this program with us today. I think it's a great way for producers to prepare for a foreign animal disease outbreak, as well as gain a new skill set themselves or more familiarity with um, clinical skills and be able to immediately use that in their own farm. The only other thing I'd add about the training resources, um, again, they're all available on that SecurePort website, um, and they're also available in English and in Spanish. Handouts and the videos are in English and in Spanish um, so that we can get as many people trained as possible. That's super useful. So in summary, um, if you're interested in becoming a, a certified swine sample collector, contact your veterinarian and they can help direct you to the right place if they can't train you themselves. And then you can always reference the CSSC website, which is at securepork.org CSSC. On this website, you'll be able to find frequently asked questions and more information on, on how to become a certified swine sample collector. So thank you again, Dr. Brown. Yeah. Appreciate you being here. As always, our discussed resources and summaries are in the podcast notes. Um, they should be linked below. If you have trouble accessing or have a question that you'd like to be featured on a future episode, please give us an email at isusmec at iastate.edu. Please share and watch for our next episode where we'll answer more producer questions. Thanks for tuning in and hope you have a great day. A special thank you to Iowa Pork Producers Association for making this podcast possible through their sponsorship. Mm-hmm.